Blog Talk Radio. most 
rule, 20% of the population is also the most likely to live in a household that receives food stamps. The distribution of food stamps isn't uniform across the urban-rural spectrum. It depends on the policies of the states that administer the program as well as the poverty of its residents. The food stamps use is particularly high in key Trump strongholds, such as rural Appalachia, the Ozarks, and much of the rural South. Also analyzing the Trumpiness factor across counties, the Post found that counties which supported Mitt Romney in 2012 but shifted to Trump in 2016 are particularly vulnerable as well. The huge five percentage point gap between the Trumpiest and Romneyest counties shows perhaps even more clearly that the contrasting politicians themselves, that the party now leans heavily on the support of poor working class areas. That's interesting. Yeah, isn't it? Many people in those areas, they lean heavily on the support of the federal government. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's, that, that's amazing. That it doesn't make any sense. It does doesn't, it? but look at our neighbor. Our neighbor's the same way. we got a, we got a, kind of a crazy lady, you know, but... Um, well, yeah, there's a lot of people like that that just don't understand the, the, what's happening, you know. And I don't understand why. Do you? Well, they were promised they were promised a better life by him. Yeah. They were promised good jobs. They were promised all kinds of things. Yeah, no, we do. And he hasn't delivered. We know people like that. And it's really, it's really frightening, you know, and really frightening. So since he hasn't delivered, he then will take away what they have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's really well, we'll get you a job. You'll have to. Oh, here's another one. Court rules that medical marijuana uh, cardholders can't buy firearms. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that incredible? Why is that? Oh, I'll tell you. What if you get? What if you uh, have a? Oh, it's all right if meth, if methamphetamine and drunk and uh, you know if that has been picked up uh, 220 times by DWI, you have a gun, but. Uh, if you have a medical marijuana card, the ninth U.S. Uh, Sixth Circuit the court, court of Appeals says, says that, that you, you can't, can't buy, buy a gun. gun. The court ruled three to nothing on Wednesday that a ban preventing medical excuse me a second, oops, preventing medical marijuana cardholders from purchasing firearms is not a violation of the Second Amendment. The Associated Press reports. There are nine western states under the appeals court jurisdiction, including Nevada, where the case originated. A lawsuit was filed in 2011 by Nevada resident S. Rowan Wilson after she tried to purchase a gun for self-defense and was denied based on a federal ban on the sale of guns to users of illegal drugs, though marijuana had been legalized in some places on a state-by-state basis. It remains illegal under federal law. The court maintained that Drug use raises the risk of irrational or unpredictable behavior, which gun users should not be associated. associated. So if okay, you're if got, you're taking uh, something Don, else, Don is with us. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I think we'll put Don right on here and hang on one second. Hello, Don. Are you with us? Yes, I am. Hello. How are, How are you, you doing? Well, I've hey, had better weeks. Personally, I feel fine, but politically, I feel uh, sabotaged. Oh, well, me too. We we really feel that way. You know, I can't. I can't lift it. Yeah. Yeah, we we really feel like that ourselves. Hey, listen, Donna. I, I wanted to ask you, um, what what recourse does any do, the, do these children have? I mean, I know you're you're an activist in the in the refugee and immigration causes, but. What what real recourse do they have now for for defense? I heard that they're, they're even letting five year olds defend themselves now. They have no they have no representation. Well, have you heard about the decision that was announced yesterday by Judge Sabra in San Diego in the ACLU case uh, on behalf of ch- uh, children separated from their mother uh, based on the federal policy? It's a great decision. It says that the federal government is required to reunite children with their families within 30 days. Now, I don't know if the feds are going to appeal that, and uh, who knows what would happen if they appeal it and whether it will be extradited. But right now, this is a judge who was appointed by George Bush the Elder. 
Judge Sabra in the federal court in San Diego in a, a case brought by the ACLU decided that these children's rights have been violated, that they've been denied due process, that it's unconstitutional, and that the feds have 30 days to reunite them with their parents. So if that uh, if that happens, that would be a great thing, uh, even though there's so many bad things weighing against uh, that one good thing. So that's that's the recourse I can tell you about as of today. That's the latest news hot off the presses. Well, how about the how about the Supreme? What did you, how is your what's your opinion of the Supreme Court uh, coming out banning banning upholding uh, uh, yeah the Muslim ban? No, it's a trample ban. Uh, it was uh, un- unfortunately it was quite predictable when Mitch McConnell wouldn't let the Senate vote on Merrick Garland, who was nominated by Obama, uh, in an unprecedented theft of the Supreme Court seat, which resulted in Neil Gorsuch, who is, uh, if anything, worse than Scalia, the guy he replaced. Uh, so the series of decisions that came out this week, the last week of the Supreme Court's term, is devastating uh, on so many fronts, on the on the Muslim ban yeah. being oh, yeah. upheld, on the uh, preventing California from telling pregnant women about uh, abortion possibilities, um, on the, today's decision that said that unions can't require dues uh, without the consent of the of the union right. members, which overturned 40 years of precedent. Uh, it's just one one bad dream after another, and uh, we have to change the Congress and change that court. Uh, so that's that's how I feel about it. The Supreme Court, with Kennedy retiring, you know, Kennedy was supposedly the swing vote, but uh, I read an article that I think was accurate that said in 13 consecutive decisions he was not the swing vote anymore. He was voting straight down the line with the conservatives. Now, there wasn't a Roe v. Wade type of issue in front of the court, and that's that's Trump's litmus test for the people on his list of nominees would be someone who will overturn Roe v. Wade. And I don't think Kennedy would have gone that far. But on just about everything else, Kennedy went with the, the Muslim ban being upheld. He went with uh, the unions not being able to charge dues. Uh, and he's not been uh, a swing vote lately. So... Um, it's uh, it's still bad. It's still bad, and it's going to get worse. Hey, would you do me a favor? Um, could you could you put yourself on a speakerphone? Speakerphone's on. Oh, good. Okay. Well, or speak louder, a little lower. We're getting a, we're having a little distortion there, but that's okay. Um, okay. We can hear you. Yeah, that's better. That's better. That's better. Thank you. Um, the the other the other thing I wanted to ask you and I you, you, you explained that pretty well but what where you are okay and uh, what is the uh, what well let's say what you are well people like yourselves and ourselves but but what's what's happening in your area are you seeing an a, 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 a rise in this anti-Trump Maxine Waters uh, um, um, uh, directive, all right, to to go after Trump appointees, Trump people, Trump, you know, what, what, are you seeing any of that out there, or you know, Republican harassment? Well, Democrat we're in California, or? so we don't have any uh, Washington D.C. Trump appointees out here, except very rarely. Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, was out here. A couple of months ago, and there was quite a bit of demonstration in California against his presence. He's uh, he's probably public enemy number two around here. Um, but we don't we don't uh, we we show our activism in other ways. We've got a, a lot of demonstrations coming up against the Muslim ban coming up over the weekend, and we have a lot of very active Democratic candidates who are trying to uh, flip the house in the 2018 elections uh, you know we are a very safe blue state for the senate uh and Diane Feinstein is up for re-election uh she'll be elected re-elected easily but we've got a lot of contested uh house of representative seats 
that could make a difference in how the House of Representatives turns out. You know, California overall is a blue state, but in the congressional districts there are some we're, – we're turning more toward all blue, but there are still some Republican strongholds in the uh, eastern part of the state, primarily in the south and the, in the Central Valley. Uh, so, for example, we have a district that's just over the East Bay Hills from us where there's a Republican named Jeff Denham uh, who uh, won his district the last uh, several times, but the, the district went for Hillary Clinton in the 2016 uh, presidential election. So uh, we're hoping that this uh, young guy, young Democrat named Josh Harder, can take out Jeff Denham. That's an example of uh, probably – eight to ten seats that the Democrats are hoping to flip uh, to the, to the blue uh, in the fall. What, what did you, what, what did you think of that incredible uh, upset there with uh, 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 the, the, the young girl in the, in New York, uh, New York city? Uh, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And uh, it's, um, you know, it's, there's a lot of controversy about which kinds of Democrats are going to win. For example, uh, you know, Connor Lamb out in western Pennsylvania uh, wouldn't have won where the young woman in New York City won. And conversely, I don't think she would have won if she had been running out in western Pennsylvania. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I went to this talk that Robert Reich, the former Secretary of Labor, gave. He's a professor out here at UC Berkeley, and he gave a talk last month that I attended, and I had a chance to ask him that question, what's your viewpoint on the progressive Democrats versus so-called moderate or centrist or sometimes called corporate Democrats? And he said for 2018, his view is any Democrat, any Democrat that's on the ballot, better than any Republican, we've got to flip the House and, if possible, the Senate. As far as 2020 in the presidential election, He's of the mind that we need a younger, more progressive candidate uh, who will speak to the up-and-coming generation and, and turn out the vote. I think he's right. Oh, he's definitely right. I do, You need to have someone that looks forward, not that looks back. Yeah. You need to have, you need to have someone like that. So you need to have a young person. Oh, yeah. I have two yeah, I sons, 21 and, and 18, and the 21-year-old uh, goes to school at University of Virginia, and he's a very progressive young man, very active politically, and uh, he's just thrilled about the progressive victory in New York, uh, and he, he's posting it on his social media, and uh, he, he agrees. You know, we need someone younger and looking to the future. I, I, I think so as well. I definitely, absolutely. But... Uh, how much younger we don't know, but uh, if it could be at least somebody who who was, uh, you know, progressive, if you will. But uh, it, it's really frightening when you look at at, at what the Demo the Democrats are losing themselves. I mean, they they don't have a they, they don't have a liberal party anymore. They they're all sold out. Don't you agree? Uh, well, no. I think that's exactly what we're talking about. Is that there's a, there is a split. You know, you've got Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, for example, and to a lesser extent, uh, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, who are all lining up in favor of progressive positions like uh, the minimum $15 an hour minimum wage and free college tuition and Medicare for all. And then you've got uh, people who are in the center and aren't willing to go that far. So I, I think that uh, we do have some people who are on the progressive side of things, uh, but uh, there's a real struggle going on for the soul of the Democratic Party. No, I, I honestly think that I think the soul is – I don't think there is a soul of the Democratic Party anymore. Yeah, well, they're, Leo, they're, I, they're I, I, I'm a hopeful person, and I, I can't, I can't I know, but give man, in. I, I tell you, I, I don't know how old you are, Don, but, but I'm I've been there on this, this road so many times with the Democrats. You know, you yeah. hope for them, and you, you root for them, and you say, yeah, yeah, and you vote for them, and they, and they screw you. You know, they screw the country in the end. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm I, 67, I and I can. Everybody, still, still remember everybody when, was, uh, in 1980, 
when I thought there wouldn't be much difference between Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter, so I voted for Barry Commoner. <laughs> and then when Reagan Who became president, thought, <laughs> oh my God, I'm never going to waste my vote on someone who, who's going to be such a loser again. And uh, you know, that's that's my view of it. But uh, that's what <laughs> you know. Our, so far, well, we still have the right to disagree, was right? Was she a Green Party or what was it? Barry Commoner, he was like uh, he was a People's Party or something like that. He was he was a, uh, he was the uh, most progressive guy in the race. Well, that 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 happens, but they 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 usually destroy guys like that. You know? Yeah, he he but, got destroyed, uh, but they, you know, they so I learned my lesson. But you know, <laughs> oh no, you know when I had a I, I had a and up in, in this area for almost ten years, I had a, a very progressive liberal program. Um, a weekly program up here in, uh, uh, in 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 Connecticut, which went also went into most of New York State, but we had the highest ratings uh, in, in our time slot, you know. And uh, but oh God, the criticism we got, the the kind of the kind of crap we we faced, you know, the death threats we got as being a liberal uh, talk show during the invasion of the Iraq War, and uh, you know, and all these things, it was insane, but. You know, they, the, 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 finally we found out that, you know, we, we, the reason that we had the highest ratings was because most people were agreed with us, you know? Even though yeah. they, maybe they, they yeah. fought with each other, they agreed with us. We couldn't believe how many um, uh, radical people really uh, there really were, you know? And, uh, you know, my, my, my feeling... Uh, I I I attest to this. In fact, I, I I I've been writing about it lately. Um, that we we the left the left has to become. I I think the left left has to arm itself. You know, arm itself and be 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 real. And if not for uh, anything else other than their own protection, you know, because uh, because this. Non, uh, the, the, I've seen this non-violence thing only hurt us. Okay, we get pepper sprayed, we get kicked in the shins, we get bats over the head, we get uh, bioweapons sprayed on us in D.C. in our marches, we get harassed, and you know, uh, all other things. And and you know, but these 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 these, these right-wing lunatics can go on and. and you know, ride their bikes down Main Street and give everybody the finger and stuff. You know, and and uh, and, and you know, and everybody's oh, oh intimidated. But you know, the minute that Antifa came out and started fighting the fighting the fighting the the the, the tiki tortures, all right, everybody backed away. Also, did you see today? They just they just uh, they they the court just ruled that that guy who who killed that uh, that uh, uh, protester in uh, Virginia. You know the the, the alt right guy. Yeah. Remember that he he, he backed over her. He drove over her. I remember it. It's right where my son goes to college. Well, he he uh, just got convicted of a, of a of a major hate crime and murder. Well, that's at least some justice. What's that? I say that's at least some justice if he got convicted. It's some justice. Yeah. You know. And I and I think it uh, you know it I I don't know what, your feeling I'm sure you, you seem to, uh, you seem to be a, a nonviolent uh, um, uh, advocate but do you believe in self defense you know I I do believe in self defense I believe uh, I do believe in nonviolence I, I as a first option um, and I believe in the political process, even against some of the evidence that we're seeing. I mean, I, for example, I'm trying to work with uh, Greg Pallast on voting rights, trying to keep right. the vote free and not suppressed. And uh, one, I think one reason we have, the government we have, is uh, that votes have been suppressed and uh, that there's something we can and should do about it. Uh, Lawsuits to try to uh, keep, for example, early voting uh, that African Americans rely on, or Saturday voting, or 
right. not allowing polls to be closed in areas where you expect that the vote's going to go against you, gerrymandering, all these issues where the the votes uh, would, if the people were allowed to vote, would we wouldn't have the government that we have. Um, so they, I'm a believer in trying Ohio to work. That, uh, yeah, the, uh, the courts just just ruled in favor of uh, of uh, uh, Republican gerrymandering. Did you see that? And they allowed him to purge the the voting the 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 voting uh, registry. Actually, what they did was they kicked the can down the road, which left in place lower court decisions. Uh, so um, they they declined to decide instead of deciding the issue as they should have, um, and that has a, a negative effect because the. They left the Wisconsin law in place, and the Wisconsin law favors the Republicans in a number of districts. Uh, they left the Maryland law in place, but that only favors the Democrats in one district. So the net effect of that is to favor Republicans for the time being. And the real question is, who's going to be on that Supreme Court when they decide the case for real instead of uh, deciding right. to defer it? Uh, this is a this is a this is a, a relevant question. I think it's, it's been posed uh, within the last few days. Uh, Mueller has stated that that he does have a lot of issues coming up, but he plans to uh, present everything by uh, by the end of the summer, or maybe by Ju the end of July or beginning of August. No, if I don't that's think the he... case, and and he may not indict, but if he if he uh, pursues impeachment, and there is enough indictable evidence. All right, then that would put Trump at a position where you know I don't think anybody would accept anybody that he that he that he takes in. All right, and they would want to wait till at least the November election to see to see uh, who who takes over. You know what I mean? Or uh, who has the majority? Because I mean, if if a, if a clown like McConnell can hold up Gorsuch, uh, can cannot hold. Um, what was the other guy's name? I forgot his name. Merrick Garland. Garland, yeah. If he could hold up Garland for a year, I think we could hold up we could hold up the disappointment for a couple of more months, you know. Especially if there's all kinds of issues, all kinds of indictments, all kinds of evidence showing that uh, you know Trump is corrupt, which there's no question he is. Yeah, there's no question he is. And it's, I, I, I haven't heard – there's no official statement from Mueller about when he's going to uh, release his report or provide his report to Rosenstein. Then it's up to Rosenstein to decide whether to make it public, which I think he will do because he'll be under enormous pressure to do that. But Mueller is, is not – you know, Mueller doesn't have leaks, and he doesn't have schedules that he reveals – People read the tea leaves. They try to figure out what he's doing, when he's going to do it. But Mueller hasn't said any particular deadline. Those are just rumors. I mean, they may be well-founded. Until oh, he, he, I, no, I hear I, I from him, they, I, I'm not counting was, on a particular uh, date of September no, 1st, like Giuliani said. Or, uh, you know, I do think that he's aware that he doesn't want to release it a week before the election. Uh, so I'm sure he's conscious of that. But... Uh, he's not going to. He's not going to jump the gun if he's got more evidence to get. Well, I think. I. I think. I think. Uh, 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 Cohen. Uh, Cohen is is going. Is it looks like he may flip. Okay. Um, or already has. Because yeah, that's so much, possible. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence that we don't know about. I I think from my standpoint, the thing that I'm most interested in is what does Mueller know about the change in the Republican platform in the in 2016 to be more favorable to Russia relating to Crimea and sanctions? That's because that is where I see the most likely uh, evidence of direct pre-election collusion I mean, there's a lot. I, I Obviously, like, Trump is well, yeah, that, Obviously, true, he's profiting the from time. the presidency. Obviously, he lies whenever he opens his mouth. But as far well, as that's proving that there was collusion that, that already, between the Trump campaign, already, uh, has 23 Russia, indictments. The most the, he's already, well, the he's indictments, already 20 indictments. 13 yeah, the of indictments, those he kicked with uh, as Russian trolls, who he knew, found out were were trying to rig the election. 
They also right, but those seen so far, Leo, are only against Russians. They're else. not against Americans. Those, those. I mean, you, there's indictments against Manafort and Papadopoulos, but not for that type of collusion uh, evidence. And the troll, the Russian trolls, the 13 indictments that he came down with, he did not name Americans. He only named the Russians who were trying to affect the election. He may well have evidence that he's holding back that the Russians were cooperating with Americans, and I'd love to see that evidence developed and, and made public if he has it. But uh, so far, uh, what I see as the main thing is that the Republican Party changed its policy under very suspicious circumstances, and I think it was probably, this is my my guess, I don't have evidence, he's got the evidence, but I think it's a, it, you would infer that there's a, a quid pro quo that uh, the Russians uh, were getting something, namely easing up of that platform against Russia over Crimea and sanctions uh, in exchange for the dirt that they promised on Hillary. That's. Let's wait and see. Let's wait a few months and see if I called it right. Yeah, that, makes, okay? <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But but I, I also think that I, there there's no question there's collusion, no question about it. And if you look at at, at uh, the the uh, Russian oligarchs there and the billionaires connected to Putin, they you know he owes almost half a billion dollars to the to to these Russians. Okay, even the, the monies were laundered through the Deutsche Bank. Okay, and uh, and others, but uh, you know over half a billion dollars is owed to is owed to uh, the, these uh, um, foreign investors. Okay, so. And they are they're all linked to uh to, to Russia and many to right to directly to Putin. So uh uh, uh in and then his his appeasement, okay, to Russia in every in every area, okay, uh between the, the G eight summit and NATO backing out of NATO and you know, uh, uh all of this stuff, it just proves that the guy is a traitor. Okay, and, and and probably owes his soul to to, to the Russians, you know. But uh, and and Kushner is the same way. He just got a three hundred million dollar loan, okay, from an unknown source, right? Uh, through the through another uh, international bank. So it's like, you know, the, 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 these guys are all frauds. They're all crooks. But uh, and and I really, really, really think that that uh, Mueller's got the goods on him. And he's pushing the prosecutions toward. I mean, look at this one now, where uh, the New York, the New York State Attorney General just filed uh, a suit against uh, uh, his uh, Trump's uh, charity. Okay, as a fraud, you know. And uh, well, yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of. He's pushing a lot of stuff toward the uh, a lot of the financial stuff and so on, uh, Manafort and everybody else toward the state levels. So that Trump can can't pardon any of these people, you know. So uh, that's right. Uh, I, I I don't know. I I'm I think he's yeah, from what I heard he's getting close to coming out, and that's probably within the next couple of months. That I hope that's is, true. Is, I hope that's I true. Know, I, I, I I've heard that too, and I'm hoping it's true. I'm hoping it's true too, Don. I I really do, and um, I I. I yeah, we've been on a while here, but I, I want to thank you for coming on, and I, I wish you the best of your luck in your um, activism. But what, thank what you. Are, I've, I've just got a new music what, video what out too. That's my other life. You know. To look at. I know Peace Channel is. Um, you were just uh, accepted in Peace Channel. I meant to say that as well. Yeah, that uh, that, that was. Everyone comes from somewhere. Video. That's the welcome for immigrants, which is even more important now with the, the Muslim ban and uh, what they're doing at the at the border, taking ch kids away from their parents. And I mean, I know they've oh, supposedly yeah. changed that policy, but they've still got 2,300 uh, kids that they've separated, and they're now they're under that order within 30 days uh, to reunite them. So I I hope that happens. And I'm just I, uh, I don't. And and you hear conflicting stories that they don't have any possible possible way. Some kids have been separated from for for years from their parents, and others. There's one today. I, I just saw an, a, a story today where a woman was deported, denied denied her child. Uh, I believe the kid was six or eight years old or something like that. Denied her child, 
and and the child was given to a foster parent. Oh man, it's terrible. Uh, yeah, uh, a U.S. foster parent. Okay, mm-hmm. took took him. Yeah, I mean, right. this is the kind of stuff that just you know destroys you. Yeah, it's infuriating. Oh, well, did you uh, hear about the one where they gave, where where they gave, um, there were ten foster pair, foster uh, parents basically, who were all child traffickers. Okay, that the government had contracts with to give these kids to. Did you hear about that one? No, no, I didn't. They're in about Ohio that and and uh, the Midwest. Yeah, people in the mid side. There was a group of. There was about ten of them. They were contracted with this, with the with the gov- federal government or with the, and the state as as uh, foster guardians, you know, uh, for emergencies or for not emergencies, but for um, these uh, for for immigrant children. And uh, it turns out that that a handful, most of those were were known child traffickers. All right, and that just totally blew my mind. But, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense when you think about Trump's uh, uh, associations with another a number of sex traffickers, okay? Um, Jeff Epstein there for one, and another is uh, uh, there was a, a Russian guy that used to um, use Trump hotel, foreign Trump hotels to, um, to, uh, to, um, um, to bring his prostitutes to, you know? Uh, and they were all uh, sex slaves. And uh, this this goes, this is in a documentary I saw uh, uh, last year. Um, but uh, uh, he's connected to so much of these, so many of these uh, of these crooks, and so many of these uh, mobsters, you know, and Russian mobsters, that um, it, it's all dirt. It's all incredible dirt on this guy. And you can understand why he's such a Psychotic, such a sociopath. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's absolutely staggering. Yeah, the, the, I don't I don't know. I I thought Bush was terrible. I remember Bush. I I, I thought there couldn't be any worse than him. But God, I know. I, I, there's a, now there is. It's finally there Bush is. is no longer the worst president. But we're still paying the price <laughs> for the invasion of Iraq. Fifteen years later. Yeah. Fifteen years later. Yeah. I wrote yeah. a song about that too. It's called Salam Pax. I don't know if you remember Salam Pax. He was an Iraqi blogger. He, that was his pseudonym. He took the pseudonym that means peace, peace in Latin, peace in Arabic, Salam Pax. And I wrote a song in his honor about the what it would feel like to have your country invaded. Oh, I'll send you I a link that, if you're did, interested. Did you record that? Yeah, I recorded it. I did a music video. It won some awards. Played in New York City. And uh, what, what, still what's up on YouTube. Yeah, if you go still to, you can see it, You know, if you just go to DonArbor.com, you can see all these videos. I just got a oh, new okay, website. Yeah. A really talented web designer put it together and put all my videos in one place for the first time. So, Salam oh, Pax, I think you would appreciate the sentiment there. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure. And just DonArbor.com. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Uh, that's great. I, uh, I I highly recommend that to anybody listening. Um, DonArbor.com. Um, just gonna. There you go. Yeah. So uh, so any any positive good news uh, coming up here, Don, or or anything new that you're you're putting together? Well, uh, we're actually we're playing a show, one of our favorite places to play tomorrow night in Berkeley. I'm sure your listeners aren't going to be flying out here to see it, but it's a big deal for us because it's at the Freight and Salvage, which is Berkeley's best music venue. It's like a 450-seat theater, and we're going to play some of our political songs and some of our non-political songs and have a bunch of supporters out there who are all kind of looking for some music and, and messages that will uh, give them reason to be hopeful and keep keep well, on I, I fighting. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, I, I'm getting a little over the edge myself, and I, uh, I'm seeing it happen everywhere. But uh, you know, maybe a little rationality. But but I, I tell you, I, rationality has killed us too many times as as progressives, liberals, and and just 
moderate uh, uh, American people. Um, when we lay back or when we, we sit back and sing songs, it just doesn't seem to, to work. You know, you got to get out and get, get there and, and uh, be willing to take take action. And I think we're... Well, I, uh, you know, for me, I, I came of age in the 60s, and music was a call to action, and that's kind of what, the way was, I look at it. It was, but, you know, it, it hurt us, too, in a lot of ways, um, because, um, I don't know, there was a lot of great music that came out of the 60s and 70s, but there, uh, um, all, almost all the great social uh, things have seemed to fall back now. There seem to the I mean civil rights is getting is in is in jeopardy. Um uh music no, I wouldn't blame the music to, for that though. Music is crap today. <laughs> you know, it's like what is this music? Oh yeah, you know. Uh, a lot of you know, crappy music the, out there. It's a tonal with a with a drum beat, you know? And yeah. um But whenever it, I say that nice I start thinking about again. oh honey, sugar sugar, you know. And there's some bad yeah, music no, when that, I was God, you're, you're, it was 20 oh, years man, ago. Man. 8, 5, yeah. years ago. <laughs> you know, come on. There's some pretty bad stuff that, out there. Still had, that still had a, a, a swing beat to it or something, you know. But but yeah. now you're just, now it's just, I don't know. The music you know, today is, is most of the, it is my, my job is to keep playing music as a message and keep on giving people um, music that has something to sing along to and to feel activated yeah. by. So that's what I'm yeah, about. Yeah, no, it's true. It's what you need. It's what you need, and that's what you're doing. And uh, and I, I tell you, we we appreciate your efforts, Don. Thank you so much for for, uh, for all you're doing. And keep doing Thanks, it. Thanks, Leo. Catch up with we'll you later. You all right, take care. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Thanks so much for being with us. Good night, guys. Sure enough. Bye. And uh, I just want to uh, uh, focus everyone's attention to go to Don Arbor, D O N A R B O R. Uh, he's a singer-songwriter, and uh, he's got the voice of his sweet voice of resistance on his uh, donarbor.com website. Got all his videos there. And uh, I'll take a quick break, and we're going to play his uh, his great song, uh, Everybody Comes From Somewhere. And uh, it's now on the peacechannel.com. Uh, and uh, let's go to that and hear, hear the song. We are living through a time when people are trying to keep others out or trying to claim that they're somehow better than others because of where they came from or when they got there. And to me, that's just wrong, just really wrong. And uh, my... Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, the idea of everyone comes from somewhere is to be a, a welcoming song for people from everywhere, and uh, I also just wanted to tell uh, briefly a story about my grandmother, Goldie. Um, Goldie was an immigrant who came to the United States from Russia in the hold of a steamship when she was 15, speaking no English, and coming uh, to make her way in the New World. And um, if it weren't for Goldie doing that, I would not be here, I would not be anywhere. And uh, the fact that she uh, became uh, a citizen and a proud citizen of the United States and so involved in, in her civic mindedness that she actually would write letters to the editor. And if I can find it quickly enough, I'm gonna just try to read you one short thing. I know this is now probably taking too long. Oh, here it is. Okay, so this is in the Vietnam War. Uh, Goldie says to the editor of the Elizabeth, New Jersey Daily Journal, I get my hopes up listening and reading about the Paris peace talks, and then along comes a dispute about the size and shape of the tables. It makes you wonder what kind of people we trust with the peace of the world. If the negotiators at Paris can't reach a settlement sitting at tables, and let them use the floor. <laughs> For God's sake, get it over with. We should give people medals for building a peaceful world instead of decorating them for killing others. So that's going 
Lindsay Sloan, Elizabeth, New Jersey, somewhere around 1973. And that's my immigrant roots, and that's part of why I wrote this song called Everyone Comes From Somewhere.
Well, I can see why. Exactly. So he will do things for immigrants worldwide. Is that? Well, he's promoting immigrants worldwide. Oh, he's okay. promoting, um, you know, the. Uh, um, because uh, this country isn't the only country that has difficulty with um, immigration and a divided sense of what what it is and what we should do about it. Europe is suffering too. They don't know what to do. That's great. Um, so it, it's a worldwide issue. And oh, it's a humongous issue, yeah. It really no, is. No question about it. Um, <laughs> uh, this, this was kind of funny. I don't, I don't know if anybody heard about it. We, we saw it on television, didn't we? Didn't we see it on TV? I saw it on a bunch of places, but the woman that, that the woman that they call her Permit Patty, she called. She called on that little eight-year-old girl who was selling. Uh, right. Oh, that yeah. was terrible. So yeah, she was well, selling bottled water. Or right. Something. Well, she was. She was. She became such a. Uh, 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 pariah. Pariah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on social media, that she was forced to resign from her cannabis company. She had a. Dis- she, she ran a dispensary. You're kidding. Yeah. And she's worried about somebody uh, selling water. Yeah. 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 Well, really. Permit Patty, Permit Patty resigns as CEO of cannabis comp, uh, cannabis company. Oh, she and, must uh, have political connections. Yeah, can, wait, let me get that. Oh, cannabis company and fallout over video. <laughs> uh, Allison Ettel, CEO of Treat Well Health, stepped down after at least six marijuana businesses cut ties over Ettel's uh, threat uh, to an eight-year-old black girl. So. So she, her suppliers and everybody said, "Screw you! We're not, you know, we don't want to be connected to somebody like you." And so uh, her suppliers cut her off. And so a woman who called police on black girl selling water to go to Disneyland comes under fire. Yeah, pretty. She was selling it to go to Disneyland for The chief executive of Treatwell Health, a California company that produces cannabis-based tinctures and edibles resigned on Tuesday after at least six marijuana businesses cut ties with Streetwell to protest the CEO's threat to call the police on an eight-year-old black girl selling water without a permit. The CEO, Allison Edel of San Francisco, who is white, agreed to quit because she believes that Treatwell, its employees and patients, should not have to suffer because of a situation that occurred in an escalated moment. What does that mean? According to a statement released by Treatwell spokeswoman Cynthia Gonzalez, Edel became known across the Internet as Permanent Permit Patty after a video taken by the child's mother went viral over the weekend, causing widespread outrage. Edel told the Huffington Post she was only pretending to call the police and that she confronted the girl and her mother outside an apartment building on Saturday because they were being too loud, not for any racially motivated reason. <laughs> A spokesman for the San Francisco Police Department confirmed that no complaint was made. Many viewers circulating the video on social media called on marijuana dispensaries to boycott Treatwell, which combines marijuana plant extracts with coconut oil to produce tinctures that are said to relieve pain in pets and humans. In response, several companies issued statements saying that they would no longer sell Treatwell's products. Treatwell was one of our best-selling products but to, but to us, integrity is always before profits. Magnolia, a dispensary based in Oakland, California, wrote in, in an Instagram, for our remaining inventory, we are doing blowout deals and donating all proceeds to a local nonprofit. Holy cow. They really uh, they Boy, it seems like, like everything got out of control there. The dispensary's <laughs> bloom room, apothecarium, and green treat wellness also agreed to stop selling treat well products. Herbs, a cannabis delivery service, and Ganjali, a marijuana news and review site, also cut ties with Edel's company. Following the incident, Edel told today that she had asked the girl, Jordan Rogers, and her mother, Erin Austin, repeatedly to keep their voices down, but Austin denied this, stating that Edel directly demanded to see a permit to sell water from an 8-year-old. Edel told today that she had received hate mail and death threats since the video went viral and would like the chance to apologize to the young girl and her mother. The Treatwell statement argued that the confrontation did not spring from racist racist motives. A terrible mistake was made that affected a young girl and her family, Gonzalez said 
It's important to know it was never the intention to disparage, harass, or cause any harm to the child nor her mother. However, in the heated moment, a critically wrong decision was made by our, by our CEO. The guilt lies in that decision. While it was completely wrong, the act that followed was not motivated by any racist intent whatsoever. Okay, you can believe that. <laughs> That's the oh, woman no. is right. Yeah, look at her. Oh, boy. Uh, it's the same, yeah. You know, it's the same kind of situation that happened. Around, I don't know if you remember, but um, that couple, uh, or uh, it, it, it wasn't Permit Patty, but there was another woman that called uh, on a on a group of uh, black people that were having a, a barbecue at a at a park. Mm-hmm. But it was perfectly legal. It said barbecue. You know, you could have barbecue. Oh right, yes, they and were having a family barbecue. They were having a family barbecue, and she got. She said, "You can't have a barbecue here. I'm calling the cops." And they called the cops. Arrested and, her. And arrested. Yeah, well, they arrested. I think they arrested her because, uh, you know, she made a, a, phony, a big scene out of nothing. A big scene and a phony complaint. Yeah. You know? So uh, yeah, she got she got destroyed on social media too, and. Last, I don't know if she lost her job, but she she was really, really a terrible thing. Too. You got to be careful what you what to do out there, you know. Uh, yeah, this was really interesting here. Former Clinton aide was indicted for child sex trafficking. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, yes. In this one, I'd like the immigrant mom loses effort to regain son given to the U.S. parents. Jeez. Uh, which one do you want me to read first? Former Clinton aide. You want to know about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is this is bizarre. This really woman. bizarre. Yeah. Funny you don't expect it. Well, she was involved. She was involved with a with a, a sex trafficking group. Um, one of a Hillary, sex, a sex cult. One of Hillary Clinton's closest aides has been indicted on child trafficking charges as part of an investigation into an elite Hollywood pedophile ring. Clara Brofman, the heiress to Seagram's fortune is set to face prosecutors in July as part of the NXIVM child sex cult case. Brofman invested $100 million of her fortune into NXIVM and officially donated at least $30,000 to Hillary Clinton's 2008 presidential campaign. In in addition, Brofman gave large chunks of her remaining hundreds of millions into helping promote Hillary Clinton's agenda. BigLeaguePolitics.com reports that NXIVM's former publicist and foremost whistleblower, Frank Paralato, tells Big League Politics that Brofman is preparing herself for prosecution. I worked as the publicist, Frank Paralato told Big League Politics. We ran into major disagreement and we split. At the time I worked for them, I thought they were a little peculiar, but it wasn't until the end that I realized they were a downright evil group. There are women on the record who are now adults who have accused Rainier of statutory rape, and there are some very suspicious incidents where Mexican girls came under the perimeters of Rainier's control and left under suspicious circumstances. They came from Chihuahua, Mexico. I reported this to authorities, <coughs> Parolato said. <coughs> Parolato described the bizarre human experiments that Renner and his benefactors, the uh, Bron Froffman sisters, uh, oversaw the Rainbow Cultural Garden, uh, where they separated children from their parents. And Dr. Porter is identified as Renner's human experiments chief. They do human, uh, they do the human fright experiments, where they subject women to surprise graphic viewings, um, uh, similar to Clockwork Orange. Dalto Pilato said. The most diabolical experiments that he can deduct are experiments where babies are subjected to a constant succession of strangers who take care of them instead of their parents, and the strangers teach them foreign languages. The cult members' uh, children, they are pressured to give up their children to Rainier. They pay $10,000 to Rainier for the privilege of having Rainier teach them how to speak. Seven different nannies would spend time with the children each day and speak seven different languages, rendering the children illiterate, confused, and permanently intellectually damaged. Adults are shell-shocked now, having been through this, Parolato said. The children are housed with their parents, and then the children either, then the children either go, to, go to a school, Rainbow School, 
or the nannies or the nannies who were sex slaves come to the house, he said. The courses run for six months to seven years or so, at which point Rainier alleges the young child's brain is most susceptible uh, to these different languages and cultures. They get them right at six months, and the program has only been around for a few years, so there's only a limited number of parents. Gillibrand's family. Her father, Doug Rutnick, came to work as a Colton for consultant, consultant yeah. for, I can't see that, NX, Colton. Colton he was fired. They sued him, and they had to pay him $100,000, Parolato said. Refer, referring Gillibrand's, referring to Gillibrand's father. Her father's wife, her stepmother, was also a member of DXIVM. Doug got her into the cult. Gillibrand's father got Gillibrand's future... St are they talking about Kristen Gillibrand? The no, I don't think so. The Who are they talking about? The, uh, this one. Clinton, Clinton's former aide. Is that what her uh, name was? Not eight, eight, yeah. And I, I think that her name was Gildemar. Doesn't really uh, say. Brofman. I think Brofman gave a large chunks. No, her name was Brofman. Why did they get Gildebrand? I don't know. Gildebrand. Gil that's, uh, so uh, unless that's the eight. No, no. One is inclined to call her a liar, but I said Gildebrand. 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 Her father, Doug got her into the cult. Gillibrand's father got Gillibrand's future stepmother into the cult. And Doug left the cult because he was sued. And Claire Brofman, after her father was sued, donated money to Gillibrand. Gillibrand. Gillibrand accepted it. One is inclined to call her a liar. Clinton's got a lot of money from NXIVM, NXIVM members. Uh, one of their main NXIVM members was a guy named Richard Mays. He encouraged Clinton to indict their enemies, to use their political influence in Arkansas, and to indict enemies of Rainier. Well, well, they're talking as if we know something. You know, they're talking about all these people, and they really don't identify who they are. Well, it goes, it goes even as far back as Arkansas. Wow. Yeah, when they were governor. So... So, you know, maybe that Pizzagate thing wasn't too far off, you know, and it wouldn't not. surprise me at all, you know. And we'll end uh, tonight's show um, with uh, with this sad story about an immigrant family. Um, oh, look at this. Oh, former Fox News chief ousted for sexual harassment will be the new White House communications director. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, can you believe that? I mean, that's what that job is like. That job is death to anybody. Perfect for him. Yeah. But, let, but let's end on this story. He had harassment on his resume, so they said, oh, he's good for the job. Yeah. So, uh, Immigrant mom loses effort to regain son given to youth, U.S. parents. Oh, my God. Yeah. In and a controversial uh, case that involved the rights of illegal immigrants and the young children, a Guatemalan mother lost her effort today to get back the five-year-old son who was taken away from her after her arrest on immigration charges and put up for adoption in Missouri despite her objections. A Missouri judge ruled that the boy should stay with the Missouri couple, Melinda and Seth Moser, who took him into their home five years ago while his mother was in federal custody, where she attempted in vain to oppose the adoption proceedings. Nobody could help me because uh, I don't speak English. English, said Enunciano, Bail Romero in an interview with ABC. The child born as Carlos, but renamed Jameson by the Mosers, has been with his adopted parents in Carthage, Missouri, since the age of 11 months. The judge said the biological mother had no rights to even see her child, according to the mother's lawyer. Asked if the Mosers would allow Bail Romero to see the child, the Mosers' attorney, Joseph Hensley, said the couple was not willing to comment on that at this time. We're extremely happy about the decision, said Hensley, who also noted that, that the decision really puts a biological mom in a difficult decision in terms of staying in the country. The ruling today reaffirmed the original decision by another Missouri judge who terminated the parental rights. 
stating that the illegally smuggling herself into the country is not a lifestyle that can provide any stability for the child. The Missouri Supreme <sighs> Court called the initial decision a travesty of justice. Um, in order to review in order to review. Appearing inside, outside the courtroom with tears in her eyes, the biological mother declined to comment. Her lawyer, Curtis Woods, said he would appeal the decision of the judge who he said ruled in Carcion's bail Ramono uh, Romero's parental rights had been terminated because she had abandoned him while she was incarcerated. I am very disappointed in the decision. I mean, how the hell she abandoned him while she was incarcerated? They took him from her. The judge handed down the decision in a courtroom closed to all but the parties involved and their lawyers. They, there was no translator provided by the court today for the Guatemalan woman who speaks only a little English. Jesus. The ruling allows, you want to talk about a kangaroo court here, huh? The ruling allows the formal adoption proceedings by the Mosers to proceed. The Mosers left the court without speaking to reporters, but they had previously argued in court that they could best provide for the boy and that they were the only parents that he knew. I could not love him more, and had he come out of me physically, Melinda Moses said in the interview. The biological mother was arrested in 2007 on an immigration raid at a chicken processing plant in Missouri and has not seen her son since. Oh, my God. That's 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. It's just, you know, that is wicked. It's a wicked deal. But, you know, let's let's help uh, people like Don get this the word out, you know, and uh, hopefully something will happen. Well, I hope that he can make a difference. Oh, did he comment on um, the shaming of people who have taken a stand for this policy? He, say, he, says, he says they don't really have any of those guys out there, you know, any, any of the Trump's officials. But he said if they did, he, I'm sure that, that they would be on them all. He says that they've got a... That seems to be the only thing that's made a difference. Yeah, it, it will. It will make a difference. But in the meantime, our show is up, and we're running a little over, but we want to thank everybody who joined us. And, um, you know, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Welcome, um, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, folks. Yeah, good night.